Good morning. The scripture reading this morning is from Luke chapter 1, verses 34 to 35, and then followed by 37 and 38. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. The word of God for the people of God. Check, I saw that Kate Walker name that was stuck up there. Um, A moment of uh, personal privilege. Thank you uh, for taking such good care uh, of me and my family. Thank you for the meals, the prayers. Um, Thank you for the phone calls. Uh, Maybe thank you for not so many visits, um, which was a nice thing. Uh, Thank you for being so interested and concerned. I feel really uh, grateful um, uh, to have uh, a staff that functions so well, uh, to have uh, associate pastors like uh, Pastor Kate and Pastor LM, um, who've really taken care of what's been happening here, uh, to have a denomination that thinks about um, uh, um, setting aside somebody as talented as Bonnie Osteen uh, to fill in um, uh, when someone needs to be recovering from surgery. Um, things seem to have gone really well. Uh, no pain, all healed up. Um, only restriction is still lifting, um, you know, can't lift more than 10 pounds, I think for about two more weeks. Um, and then maybe that sailboat uh, will go somewhere. Um, but I, I'm just really thankful uh, for the gift of being your pastor um, and for the time uh, to be here with you. Um, I came by to see the choir on Wednesday. Uh, it was the first time I'd been inside the sanctuary uh, in the six weeks since surgery. And um, I'm not a sensitive person, I tend to think that. And just listening to the choir sing uh, the cradle carol uh, just really kind of welled up inside of me, uh, just a sense of uh, gratitude uh, for all that we have. So today we look at the second Sunday of Advent. The question in the midst of those questions is, how can this be? Now, there's four questions of Christmas, right? Um, Pastor Kate looked at how will I know last week. We're looking at how can this be this week. And then we'll continue with why has this happened to me and what will this child become? You see, we tend to think about the story of Advent and Christmas as, you know, the sweet little angel and the couple of shepherds and the three, uh, the three kings from Orient are, and, you know, somebody plays the shepherd, and um, you find that newest born baby, even if it's three years old, and you stick it in the nativity scene, right? We, we tend to think about that beautiful sanitized story that fits well on Hallmark greeting cards and uh, works really well for um, Etsy crafts. And uh, we can pin lots of things on Pinterest about it. But you've gotten a hint that there are deep questions in the story of Advent, not just deep questions for Zechariah last week and for Mary this week, but 
but deep questions for you. I, I listened to the sermon, um, I, all of them. Um, you know, last week was gritty in terms of trust and fear. I mean, if you figure that one out, come tell your pastor about it, because I'm still figuring it out. And so today, it's kind of that question of, how can this be? Um, I like to think of this Sunday as kind of the expectation versus reality Sunday. Does that communicate to anyone? There's a whole little message board on the internet where um, people will take the advertisement from a, a restaurant and then they'll order that and then they'll take a picture of it and it's expectation versus reality, right? The Big Mac always looks better on TV as opposed to what you order in the restaurant. Can I get an amen? All right, so these are particularly Christmas-oriented um, expectation versus reality, right? So this is the expectation that, that there'd be a quirky, sweet couple photo. This is reality. Um, expectation, this is, uh, this is actually one of mine, right? I expect that the gift I give to my family will be wrapped beautifully, but reality is, right? Duct tape can be used for many things. I don't, we, you know, um, I, I was surprised that today was a uh, temperature appropriate day for uh, the calendar, right? Usually we get 80 degrees, and so we don't ever do chestnuts roasting over an open fire. But expectation versus reality. <laughs> I feel like this is more like um, turkeys getting fried. Expectation, the Christmas tree, right? Uh, okay, come on now. Reality, right? So... <laughs> So you, so you see the car freshener that looks like a tree and the presents are underneath, right? Expectation versus reality. I, I have to believe that though Mary was just a 13-year-old girl, which uh, somebody sitting next to me elbowed me and said, she was only 13. Like, yep. Um, that, that she probably dreamed that, that, that her and Joseph would sit down, uh, uh, settle down um, that, that they'd have a, a, a little place, a little bungalow outside of maybe Nazareth, um, that her, her parents had come, that, that Joseph, he'd start with nothing, but, but he'd be a carpenter and he'd work hard and have his own little shop in the back, that, that, that they would live a, a, a humble, uh, within their means lifestyle, but it would be one that was faithful and fruitful, and that someday there would just be this, this horde of children uh, all about the table, all about the house, right? She, she dreams of this, right? Expectation versus reality. The reality is, is that Gabriel shows up and says, hey, you're going to have a baby. This is good news, right? But it's not your husband's. This is not good news. And, and, and the difference from Zechariah to Mary, right? From last week to this week is Zechariah goes, well, I don't think that works that way. And Mary says, all right, okay, I, I'll be a blessing. I, I'll, I'll take on the responsibility. I'll, I'll take on the work. I, I love you, Lord. It's a beautiful response. But, but see, that was her, her internal narrative. That, that was her uh, being raised by her parents to love God. That was her knowing who she was in God's plan. That was um, that beautiful um, uh, formation of um, a believer. But the rest of the world started whispering, 
they started wondering. They, I started wondering why I skipped that slide. Um, you, you see, Mary had a plan. Don't you have a plan? We all have a plan, right? I love, um, still love Paul Myler's sermon from uh, uh, last spring, right? Where he showed you the picture of what the plan was going to be, right? We all have the plan. And we think we've got it nailed down. We're going to go to this school and we're going to meet a, a nice girl and we're going to uh, settle down and get a great job. And then someday we'll have an RV and be retired, right? <laughs> we make a plan and we try to exert control to make the plan happen. You see, we, we make sure we uh, nail everything down, we uh, dot every I, we cross every T, we um, save more than we need, um, we try really hard to avoid tragedy. And, and you see, for Mary as well as for us, tragedy seems implausible, not because things can't happen, but because we believe they won't happen to us, right? Because how can this be quickly becomes, why me? Because that could have been Mary's response. Why me? Right? Did you notice the, the very um, appropriate way the uh, uh, narrative uh, said, and so Mary's father thought it would be good to send her to where Elizabeth lived, uh, um, uh, scholars actually say it was a really long walk for a pregnant lady to go from where Mary lived to where Elizabeth lived. You, you could say, oh, because, you know, Mary can help with the preparations, or I'm going to hide that girl. I'm going to hide that girl because, you know, people are talking. It's very easy for it to be, why me? What I love about Mary's story is that Mary knows who she is. Uh, Brene Brown, um, uh, University of Houston professor in uh, sociology, uh, writes about shame, authenticity, uh, and kindness. Um, she has a, a quote. She says, you either walk inside your story and own it, or you stand just outside your story and you hustle for worthiness. You remember that plan? That, that plan's a hustle. It's a hustle to be something. It's a hustle to be worthy. I've uh, been doing a lot of uh, reading about call and passion and working with young clergy around it. And I love it when young clergy say they don't have an idea of what their passion is. I say, no, you have a passion. Somebody along the line told you it just wasn't the right one. You got a story. You're still hustling for worthiness. Think about it, when a kid goes out to play uh, on the playground in preschool, he doesn't go, well, <clears throat> if I play with the boys and, uh, and the girls and uh, do football, that's a marketable skill that at some point might garner me a scholarship to a Division I school and maybe, you know, I'll uh, be drafted for uh, Auburn and we'll beat Alabama that year and um, then, you know, I'll go to the NFL and I'll be a wage earner for my family. No, the kid goes, I really like bugs today and digs in the dirt, right? You either walk inside your story and you own it for who you are, or you spend your life stepping outside that story and hustling for worthiness. You see, somebody else who would have said, why me? Mary would have, uh, if Mary had said, why me? She'd start hustling to make it right. 
You know, in my uh, horrible um, brain, I thought, well, you know, could you just not tell anybody about Gabriel? I mean, just, you know, make it go away. See, that's hustling for worthiness. Um, We make plans and we hustle for worthiness because we uh, fear. Uh, We fear because we don't trust what our eyes cannot see. And of course, because we want control. Um, It's an interesting thing to find yourself in recovery from something. You name it, mine was abdominal surgery, right? I'm gonna trust that everything's going well at the church. Uh, You know what Bonnie Osteen told me right as I left the last time from the church? She says, Peter, we will not call you for anything unless the church catches on fire and then we'll just let you know as we drive by. (laughs) We fear because we don't trust what our eyes can't see. We want to control. I want you to think about this. The difference between why me and how can it be is the difference between realizing that things aren't just falling apart, but with God they are falling into place. I can't tell you how many times I've had that moment of anxiety before meeting with somebody in conflict and only to find that God had already showed up before I was there. Or um, that bill shows up and I'm not sure how we're gonna pay for it. But you know, God already knew and a check shows up right before the bill is due, and God's provided. Things aren't falling apart. Why me? But with God, things are falling into place. It'd be easy to say uh, that Mary's tragedy of Gabriel's visit is not a moment that disrupts her life, but rather is an opportunity for her to respond yeah, there was some suffering there. She had to endure the, uh, the rumors and the whispers and the jabs from everyone else. No one chooses suffering, but everyone chooses a response. And I want to encourage you as you think about the questions of Advent to respond like Mary does. You, you see, Mary responds because even though she's just a 13-year-old unwed, about-to-be mother in the backwater of the Roman Empire... She knows, she knows that she has something great to do. She knows it because the psalmist writes it in Psalm 139. I I knit you together in my mother's womb. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. It's a beautiful thing to say. You see, Mary doesn't say, why me? She says, how can it be? And she does that because she knows she has something great to do. Do you know that you have something great to do as well? You see, Mary changes the world. Scripture says the whole world will know because I did this. Isn't there something out there, something bigger than you that you're called to be a part of? Like Mary, we can respond as well 
because we have access to a power beyond our own. Notice that in suffering, we are never alone, that in the midst of tragedy, we are never alone, that the difference between why me and how can it be is to know that God is present with us. Out of all of the major religions in the world, it is Christianity alone that has a, a, um, a doctrine and understanding that God suffers with us for salvation to come, right? These are words I say often to families who are grieving a loss. Please know that God grieves for you, that the first tear to fall from anyone's eye was from, from God's eyes, because God knows what it's like to lose a son. That's how salvation was won. You see, we're not alone in our suffering, and Mary knows that she's not alone. And of course, for those of us who are slow like myself, uh, um, the scripture even points it out. It says, the baby inside of you will be called Emmanuel, God with us. I'll do that one again, because I was really, expectation, reality, I was expecting you to do differently, right? You, you see, for those of us who are slow like me, scripture even points it out. It, the, the angel Gabriel says to Mary that, that the baby you'll, you'll be carrying will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Luke chapter 2, verse 51 it says that Mary treasured all these things and pondered them. Is that, is that someone responding to tragedy? Is that someone saying, why me? Now, if we can find the gift, if we can find the treasure and ponder all that God is doing in us and through us. You see, we don't get to choose whether or not suffering happens, but we can choose how we respond. And so like Mary, Mary stands in the middle of her story, claims it for herself, knows her worth, and doesn't have to worry about who she'll become. I wonder for you, the expectation versus reality. What are you expecting from life? What are you expecting from God? What's the reality that you're allowing to have happen? Are you standing on the side of your own story? hustling really hard just in case things fall through? Or are you standing in the middle of that story, knowing who you are and who God's called you to be, and knowing that every step from here to eternity will be a step that you make together with God? How can this be? Different from why me, Different from Zechariah's doubt that God could do this, Mary looks at Gabriel and says, yeah, I'd love to do this. The rest of the world seemed to think differently, but Mary knew who she was. She knew that the scene might look pristine here, but it was a beautiful opportunity to bear the Son of God who would take away the sins of the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.